Hello, Integrity Church, or anyone who's listening. My name is Ben Tugwell, and this is the Mature and Multiply podcast. Today is Thursday, April 23rd, and I'm really excited about jumping into our topic for the next several weeks. We're going to be talking about one another. What does the phrase one another mean? You'll see it multiple times throughout the New Testament, and really it's how we treat each other. It's how we treat our loved ones, our neighbors, our other brothers and sisters in Christ, even our enemies. So the reason why I chose this topic is so that we could do a a few things. First, I I want to encourage you just to read 1st and 2nd Peter as we're going through this. Uh, We just did 1st Peter as a podcast series, and as a church family, we're going through 2nd Peter. And if you don't attend Integrity Church, I want to encourage you to go to our website, liveintegrity.org. You can follow along with us on our website and, and follow along with our sermon series that way. So my challenge is just for the next six weeks as we go through Second Peter as a church family that you would read First and Second Peter. Now, go through a habit of just going through it every day. Maybe it's just a chapter a day or a few chapters a day, whatever it is, that you would just find time to do that. The second thing I invited people to do is at the end of every service on Sunday as you live stream, there's reflection questions. So take time and, and reflect on what God is teaching you in this series. And the last thing I invited everyone to do as we go through the series is to have someone that you invite in your well. And, and that's really inviting someone in your life to help just speak words of encouragement, to help you be built up in Christ, maybe be accountable. Maybe there's a sin that you're struggling with and you just want to confess, or maybe there's just something that you are you have fear over or uh, you're just frustrated with in this season and you just need someone to talk to. And so I want to help give you some of the tools that might help you do the one another's well so that we could really be in this season together. So without further ado, let's begin our first one another. And today we're going to talk about the one another that really all one another's stem from, and it's love one another. Love one another comes from the very words of Christ. You're going to see this in John chapter 13. Jesus is washing the feet of his disciples, and he tells them what it means to really be a true disciple. And so I'm going to read John 13, starting in verse 34. He says to his disciples, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The phrase one another shows up about a hundred times in the New Testament. And over half the time, it's mentioned by Jesus. And in this very phrase that Jesus says to his disciples here, he uses it as a commandment. And it's interesting because he calls it a new commandment. It's a new commandment to love one another. Now, it's strange because how is this a new commandment? Certainly, you have all the Old Testament, and you have this period in between the Old and New Testament, and then you have the story of Jesus all coming up to this point, and this cannot be the first time that we're commanded to love. In fact, you see it in Levitical law. In Leviticus 19, the Bible says, do not take revenge on others or continue to hate them, but love your neighbors as you love yourself. I am the Lord. And so why does Jesus call this a new commandment? 
Well, the first thing that you'd have to recognize as what makes this new is the fact that Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. That's a different type of love. In Leviticus, when we see the Levitical law, it was done in a way that says, okay, we want you to love. And, and you'll see even in Deuteronomy, if you see love your neighbor as yourself. And even in Deuteronomy, it's like you, you see these reminders. It's like, hey, teach this to your kids. Make sure there's a message on your doorpost sort of reminding you. And so it's sort of this exterior love. It's sort of, hey, remember to love. Now, if you're married to someone, you don't need to remember to love them. You're just supposed to love, right? It's it's done in your heart. If I have to write a post-it note and put it on my mirror and say, okay, I've got to remember to love Jess today, if I got to remember to to love Finn or Gideon, my sons, I'm am I really loving them? Love should really come from a desire of the heart. And Jesus is advocating for this type of love. And he's demonstrating this type of love. He's saying, I want you to love as I have loved you. And so what's the difference between the type of love that we see under the old covenant when we see a type of love that says, hey, love one another, love your neighbor as yourself. But then we see this new commandment to love as Christ has loved. Jesus actually calls these commandments the greatest commandments of all. He says the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And then he says the second is like this, love your neighbor as yourself. And we see love your neighbor as yourself in Deuteronomy, and we see Jesus saying it to his disciples. So what's really the difference? Well, the difference is to love your neighbor under the old covenant was really to love a fellow Jew. And if you read the story of the Good Samaritan, if you've ever heard this story, you see a a lawyer asking Jesus, who should I love? And Jesus gives him a parable. And this parable is about a foreigner, a Samaritan, who helps a person in need. And other people have passed by this, this person who's hurting, who's in need. And the Samaritan helps. And so Jesus asks this lawyer who's asking Jesus, who is my neighbor? And Jesus says, who do you think it is? And the neighbor in the story of this parable is the foreigner. It's not a fellow Jew. Jesus is saying the neighbors are everyone. And so it's this commandment to love everyone. Under the old covenant, it's love someone who shares my ethnicity. Under the new covenant, Jesus is saying, love the Jew, the Gentile, the slave, the free, the male, the female, everyone. And that's what makes this new covenant of grace so spectacular. That's how we're able to love and do the one another's well. Because this is what the Holy Spirit of Christ places in us when we put our faith in him. He gives us this ability to love as Christ's love, to extend grace and generosity to all, even when people are not like us. This is what this new covenant, believing in 
the finished work of Christ has done in our lives. Let me take you to another passage of scripture. In Matthew 5, it's a famous place in scripture where Jesus is preaching this famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is really talking about the differences between what the law does and between what the new covenant would inevitably usher in, the change that it's going to have on a person's heart. And so Jesus talks about loving not just your neighbor, but loving your enemies. In fact, he says in verse 43 of Matthew chapter 5 on this famous Sermon on the Mount, he says, You have heard it said, it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. This is an idea that people had during that time. And Jesus sort of trumps that idea by bringing in the new covenant. He says, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. Now, these are very challenging and convicting words from Jesus, right? Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Jesus is really changing the idea of who our neighbors are. I think our neighbors are not just our friends. They're actually could be even our enemies that we would love them. People that maybe we don't agree with politically. People that maybe we don't necessarily get along with or have good chemistry with or good connections with. He's saying, no, I want you to even love that person. I, I want you even to pray for the person who maybe makes fun of you for being a Christian or maybe for those who are persecuting the, the, the Christian faith. He's saying, I want you to pray for these people. Again, this is what the new covenant does. And this is what makes it different than the old covenant. Under the old covenant, they needed the reminders to remember to love. And the reason why is because it wasn't a true heart change. It was really just a law. Here's a law to tell you how to act. The difference here is the new covenant is from a genuine heart change. You can actually see the prophet Jeremiah speak of this type of person, the believer in Christ. He says in Jeremiah 31, starting in verse 33, he says, For this is the covenant, talking about the new covenant that would happen when Christ comes. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Verse 34, and no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest declares the Lord. So the difference here is this law is placed within their hearts. You're going to see the same thing even happen in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. The Apostle Paul talks about the same thing. It's, it's a law that's written in our hearts that we would love God and love others. And this is Jesus' message to his disciples. He wants the world to know who his disciples are by how well they love. In fact, Love is evidence of true belief in the gospel. You see it in 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, let us love one another, 
for love is from God. And anyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Love is evidence of belief in the gospel. And it's not just any type of love. It's love like Christ's love. It's love that is sacrificial. It's love that is gentle. It's love that is forgiving. It's love that is gracious. And this love is written on our hearts if we're truly believers in Christ, that we believe in Christ's sacrificial death, we believe in his resurrection, and we believe that through his power of the resurrection that he's given us his Holy Spirit who indwells in us and does this work of love in our hearts. That, love, that can cause us to love in such a way that even we'll love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. So might this give you confidence that through the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, that you have a great capacity to love. And so maybe we begin believing that about ourselves, that through the Holy Spirit, we can have an incredible capacity to love. That the more that we understand and know who God is, that the more we love Him, the more our capacity grows to love others. And it's the Spirit's work in our lives that's producing that. So the first challenge I have for you in this season as we seek to love others, that you would nourish your own soul. And part of that is that you would be in the Word of God so that you would know who God is and that you would love Him more. And this will give you then the capacity to love others more. Again, this is the Holy Spirit's work in your life. This is what He's producing in you if you are a genuine believer in Him. And so maybe the challenge would be for you to begin to, to read and know God more so that you would love Him more and that you would love others more. The second thing I want to challenge you, maybe we just wake up and believe, God, you're doing this in my life. You've given me this capacity through the work of the Holy Spirit to love like Christ's love. So maybe we would wake up every morning and ask this prayer to God. God, who do you want me to love today? Or perhaps it's God, help me love like Christ's love. Maybe it's asking God, God, who would require faith? For me to show love to? Who would require faith for me to offer forgiveness? Who would require faith for me to have not an aggressive tone or a passive aggressive tone, but a, a gentle tone? Or maybe it's who should I display humility to? Who should I admit my wrongs to? Who should I ask forgiveness from? Who should I pray for today? Maybe this is what we would pray. Every single morning as we wake up, God, teach me to love. Who do you want me to love today? Again, this is the one another that leads to all the other one another's in Scripture. It's let us love one another. So friends, as you go today, may you pray that prayer. God, who do you want me to love today? as Christ has given me love. Take this prayer with you today, friends. Go in peace. <laughs>